Hi, and welcome to Adventure Blather with Emily and Hannah, the podcast where we talk world swimming, to running, to travel and seeing the world. So whether you're listening on an adventure or wondering where to start, then this is the podcast for you. So welcome everyone who's listening, all three of you. Um, Thank you for listening to our very first episode. Um, My name's Emily. And I'm Hannah. Yes, this is our Adventure Blather podcast. We're going to talk about all of our hobbies, our loves, and hopefully get to know a few of your hobbies and and loves as well. Hannah, do you want to give us a brief introduction of what you like? Where do I start? (laughs) I'm one of these people, I've got too many hobbies for the amount of free time I have in a week to do them. Mm. But yeah, my main ones, definitely paddleboarding, Monroe bagging as much as I can get to Scotland, because it's always an excuse, obviously, and bagging as well which is obviously my more local sport and of course wild dipping yes and it was through wild dipping that we actually met because we had started sharing a lot of it on instagram towards the end of last year start of this year so you know the wild swimming community is big and small because we all start to get to know each other and like each other's posts and which is great i'm probably a runner by trade not really by trade but um it's my main it's my main hobby I make a lot of time for it and everything else sort of slots in, including family. So, but yeah, running, wild swimming, and I did buy a paddleboard um, a few years ago, which has become a bit of a bit of a love of mine as well. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a very brief introduction to us. Now, you'll probably get to know more about us as time goes on. It'll all sneak in somewhere um, because the two of us love to chat. So, if there's anything you want to know, feel free to ask us. Um, but we're going to start by just a really quick roundup of sort of what our adventure has been this week. And some weeks it's just not as exciting, but um, I'm sure we'll always have something. So, Hannah, I'm going to choose you to go first because you've actually had an adventure this weekend. <laughs> it was it was a nice adventure. It was a very different adventure this weekend. Um, so normally we go away in the van and we travel around and we... We generally move on every day. Um, but this weekend, we actually set up camp and stayed in one place for the whole weekend. So it was lovely to just take some time and um, enjoy the sunshine that we had over the weekend. So I managed to do my first river paddleboard, which was really interesting. Definitely think I need to find some more rivers to paddleboard on because I absolutely loved it. But we we did literally just paddle down to Lake Windermere and I had a, a lovely little explore around the shoreline with my sister. We did a few walks into town. It was lovely actually spending some time in the lakes as well. So I definitely want to make more time for the rest of the summer to keep going back and explore different places. Very so, nice. How long does it take you to get to the lakes? Um, It depends whereabouts in the lakes. We can kind of cross over the M6 and be on the edge of the lakes with just over an hour. But to get to the top of the lakes, it's a good couple of hours. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's uh, it was a lovely weekend. Um, were you right. actually managing to rest this weekend or was it another crazy busy one? Well, I mean, it's always busy, I feel. Um, but I did uh, make a bit of time for running, <laughs> as always. Um, Obviously. Generally quieter than in terms of I was still in, in Glasgow running, so not, not anywhere else. But this weekend, what did I do? I did a, quite a fun thing on Sunday, which I wasn't going to do in somebody convince me which doesn't take much convincing um I can vouch for that you know (laughs) I am all for saying yes um (laughs) so I did this uh run called wings for life world run and it's basically you pay an entry fee and you can raise money but it's for spinal cord research and it was you download the app there was events all over the world um and there was actually an event in Glasgow in Victoria Park but basically the aim of it is you start running and 30 minutes later the chaser car the moving finish line starts and it gets quicker and quicker so it's basically chasing you down and your run sort of ends when the, the car gets to you but I was just running myself had it in my headphones but they constantly keep you updated as to where the car is and I have to say when it gets to 100 meters to go the fact that I was still I was sprinting at eight, eight miles in um <laughs> through Paisley <laughs> <laughs> trying to get trying to get home in time thinking I had timed it perfectly but that was really good fun I'd love to do how do you cope with the pressure of something chasing you though 
Well, yeah, I mean, you feel like you've got loads of time and then I would check the app every now and again and you could see it. it. It's basically following your route. So you could see the little car move around your route and you're going, oh my God, it's really close now. And then you would you would hear, they would do different stories. So they would maybe talk about spinal cord research or they would maybe give you a bit of an update on like you've reached kilometre five and you're doing really well and stuff. And it was just really nice to listen to. But all of a sudden you would get the beep, beep, chaser car here <laughs> I'm gaining on you and you're like oh. so it was good I'm like I need an app I need another app like that regularly see that just to keep you motivated and have something else to think about it's actually really good um, that's really funny I, I think that's brilliant I I'm not a runner on the same level as you but I do go out for a little run with dogs and I used to run with a friend who's also got a dog. And um, she's really funny. She she won't run up front. She always has to run behind because she's like, I feel like you're chasing me. You need you need to go in front, which is fine because my dog is always like so much more forward going. Mm-hmm. So it's fine for me to run up front. But it's just really funny how she's like, I feel like you're chasing me. I, I can't deal with the pressure. <laughs> and I do get that. And it's, and it's funny. I've got friends that they can only run on one side of you. Like you, I've I've been running with somebody, and they go, "We need to switch sides." I don't know if it's their feelings better on one side, or they just they just feel more natural. Like you're on the right side. I, however, just run anywhere. But usually, yeah, I'm I'm usually following somebody because I'm like possibly get lost. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, it was um a Loch Lomond dip, which stupidly. I went in without any gloves on, thinking I was a hard man, that I would be fine because I've been dipping all winter in my swimsuit with my gloves and my boots on. But um, I was like, we were quite warm after we had ran along the West Highland Way for a bit and we got to Loch Lomond and I was like, this is no bother. I can go in there with no gloves on. (laughs) How hard can it be? And I went in, swam a bit, started to feel the pain in my hands and I was like, trying to get out without and it was really slippy it was all these little rocks at Maloroki Bay and trying to get out without putting your hands back in the water was quite difficult (laughs) Um, trying to be graceful yes trying to be graceful thankfully I did film it so I'm sure that'll come soon but yeah it it just reminds me of yeah don't be too gallus or if, if you're not from Scotland that basically means stop being stop trying to show off it's still cold in there. <laughs> I'm really glad you said that because I did dip at the weekend and it was the first kind of three or four dips consecutively. I didn't have gloves or socks on, but obviously heading to Scotland this weekend coming. Yes. I will definitely be packing the socks because obviously Loch yeah. Lomond is a lot colder than down yeah. here. And I think that's the thing to remember. It's Some places it's just, it's absolutely fine, but other Loch Lomond is such a huge body of water that you end up pretty cold. So enough about us. We do have a guest, which we're really excited about. And that's what we're hoping to do is bring a guest on each week. People that we admire, some that we know, some we don't know. Some will be doing a lot of Instagram stalking on. But it's it's quite exciting to to kind of bring that conversation out to us. Do you think? Absolutely. I'm I'm really excited. We've we've been doing quite a lot of work in the last week or so about people that inspire us and carefully choosing people that we think will have either a great story to share or inspire you as well but I am really excited about our guest list at the minute same I can't wait (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to give too much away yet but no I'm very very excited (laughs) yep we do have some great guests lined up ones that we are really excited about sharing and you know what we want to we know about them as in their online profile and some that we've met in person but what we're really hoping to get out is sort of their sense of adventure and where that came from as well. Uh, instead of just what you see online is what you get, because we know that's not true. There's always a bit we of quite, We quite like the personal <laughs> level as well, though, don't we, Emily? <laughs> oh, absolutely. We kind of want to know what makes you tick and, and also the reality of it as well. Reality versus expectation is one of my favourite things that you ever see online, because we can all, we can all pretend... I've got kids. We can all pretend that everything is magical when you see these pictures of us all having a great day out. But yet the moments before and after are either mayhem or we're all not talking to each other. So <laughs> I think it's always good to be like, here's the good, the bad and the ugly and the inspirational, but just being real as well. 
This week's special guest is someone who shares our passion for the outdoors, from solo walks with her furry friends to family adventures bagging fells in the Lake District. This amazing lady is brave and beautiful from the inside out, and we both lucky to call her our friend. Please welcome Clark Family Adventures, Emily. Oh, Welcome. That was really lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you don't want to make me cry. <laughs> make me cry. I won't stop as Hannah's experience. So yeah. I'm sure there will be tears at some point on the podcast, but let's not try to be on the first one. <laughs> that was really nice. Thank you. Oh. I know. I think a, a nice introduction is always lovely because you think that's how I should be introduced every time I walk oh, into yeah. a room now. <laughs> Yes, please. I, you know, if I walk in a shop, I just want people to go, look who this is. <laughs> I'm here. Serve oh, me yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're super excited to have you on. I mean, you and Hannah know each other before I met you, Emily. And this is going to be confusing because there's now two Emilys on here, mm-hmm. but there's Scottish Emily and English Emily. But this is really well like planned by us that you're going to be here as our first guest because we actually do have a bit of a common bond, seeing as we all met in January uh, an actual person and you took us out a lovely walk so I'm so excited you're here and as our first guest yay thank you thank you very much and was it really a lovely walk after like 10 miles and freezing rain (laughs) and then broke Frank it was a lovely walk Frank is a dog (laughs) but yeah it was it was lovely for context so we all decided to meet up in the Lake District Emily lives there and we'll talk about that in a wee bit but we all sort of come from different corners and we sort of all met together in Keswick and Emily took us on a great walk. I can't remember where was it we walked from and to? So we caught the bus to Seatolla and then just came back because it was quite misty and overcast so then just came back along along the side Mm. of the fell and then dipped down into Grange and then back along the lake and then had our dip in the lake and the least windiest part we could try and find so <laughs> that's true it was a good 10 it was about 10 miles I think wasn't it so, yeah it was roughly about 10 miles and I mean I think we were all a bit like walking zombies by the end but there was a few moments we were like we're all desperate to dip in the water and you kept seeing gorgeous bits and you were like no keep going we'll find somewhere we're like oh but this looks perfect you're like no keep going which is probably a good idea because if we'd probably dipped that early we'd have all been frozen yes because <laughs> it time. was wasn't it like three or four degrees in the water I think it was yeah. so I think yeah, it definitely was a... and I think definitely one of the problems when you're dipping in such great company is you have that kind of you you end up staying in too long mm. and I I think that was one of the, the few times that I really my core temperature dropped on the way back out because I was just having such a great time chatting to everyone that yeah it was it made the rest of the walk feel quite a long way back <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and it wasn't far it was what about three miles from the end but it did feel like a yeah. long way back but I found <laughs> lots more amazing dips now that are a bit slightly more private and even along there which when you come back up next time I'm going to take you to soon <laughs> Yay. that sounds like an invitation <laughs> it feels like I'm I'm already driving on my way <laughs> every time <Hotel's> booked. <laughs> I know but thank you so that was a bit of a that was like an introduction deeper introduction off on a tangent about that <laughs> that walk that's pretty much our format <laughs> absolutely so we do have some questions so I'll let Hannah jump right in as well I was going to say that does lead quite nicely on to obviously you are not from the Lake District originally what was the driving force for you to move to the lakes and how did you overcome the fear to do it I'll be honest there wasn't a fear I don't think I actually had a fear with moving um because from so a little bit of a backstory with me we lived in Norfolk we moved to Norfolk when I was five I am pretty much as southern as you can get because I was born in Winchester so right down south and then we were in the Midlands for about five years and then we moved to Norfolk when I was five so I was there my parents separated when I was about seven eight and when they separated my dad I was living with my dad permanently so when Oh, I must have been about eight. He decided Christmases and summer holidays because he was a teacher, um, deputy head. He decided we were going to work. We were going to basically go away every summer holiday. We'd go and spend two weeks in Grisdale campsite, which was a camping caravan at the time, and then two weeks at Keswick and then go for a week skiing in the winter. And I just I'll be honest, the very first trip I came up here, probably because 
of the fact that you know my parents separated at that age it is really hard and my nan also died like within a few months of them of them separating so as a as a child I I liked Norfolk and I always liked Norfolk but coming up here felt like just a whole other world and I do you know we were always outdoors we were either biking or walking around the lakes or um I did this thing called Summy Treks at the time for a week where I'd go kayaking rock climbing with all these other kids I always thought you know it was all about for me and realizing it was actually for my dad to have a break from looking after me um in his holiday but yeah <laughs> I get it now I've had kids um so yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, nothing is I was for like, him oh wow yeah <laughs> totally made it feel like it was for me but it what well, I loved it and yeah. it just got my it just caught my heart like I've it's always a place I've come to and I felt like I'm home and it's so strange to explain that when I've lived somewhere like literally I didn't go to uni haven't I've traveled as in holidays but I've not gone long traveling so I lived in Norfolk from five till last year at the age of 37 and I think in primary school after a year or so of us visiting like you get asked this um what do you want to do when you grow up where do you want to be and I I remember being at my dad's several, several, several years ago um, and finding what I'd written. And um, I put, I wanted to be an RSPCA worker, which I'm not, because I would have ended up homing all the animals. Um, <laughs> and I remember learning that quite quickly. So, But I put, I want to live in the Lake District, have a little cottage and live in the Lake District. And that was, I think I was about nine. I was trying to work out the age and I was about nine. And that never changed. My animals are growing already. So actually... <laughs> <laughs> I, I may end up with a little menagerie but that never changed and it is just a place I feel free I feel totally I I just love being on the top of a film I've always loved walking I've been walking the dogs since we've always had dogs in the family and I've always been walking them since I was a kid I mean I wouldn't be letting my 10 year old go out walking our dogs on her own but I was walking them with my mate at like nine around the town we lived in four mm-hmm. three or four collies and and I just I've always loved being outside and like Norfolk is very beautiful. It's I'm not saying it isn't, but for me, I just love mountains and I love being in mountains. And I've never moved somewhere and felt so at home. And both me and me were talking about this the other day, actually, that it just we don't we remember life back there, back in Norfolk, but this just feels like it's normal. This is just yeah. we feel settled for the first time. I think I feel settled for the first time ever. What's really lovely is I can see the passion on your face when you're talking about this. Obviously, the listeners won't be able to see that, but I can really see it. And I actually completely understand where you're coming from because I feel like that about Scotland. Obviously, I did move to Scotland. I was there for 10 years, but moved back. But it's like every time I cross that border, it's just like you you feel home. And it's just, it's lovely. It is. I mean, like Lee used to have to put up with me crying every time we left. I'm not joking. Like I would literally cry. I was like, I don't want to go. I want to come back. I, don't, I just want to stay here. And now like we leave any trip that we go on. I'm like, we're going home. We're going home. He's like, oh my God, this is so nice. So he doesn't have an emotional wreck next to him. <laughs> and I think like, so Emily's account is at the Clark's Family Adventures. And you do, when I look at it, I just think you are just like Lake District tourism you know, in a snapshot, <laughs> the photos you take just on your morning walk with the dogs or, or and I think that whole having an outdoor real life, I mean, there's times I'll I'll have a right good moan about the weather and sometimes living in Scotland, especially I've got colleagues that work down south and they get better weather than us and I always think, God, I wish I lived in like somewhere like Australia where you just have an outdoor life. So it's actually really nice when you see your account and you go, well, you can have an outdoor life. You just yeah. You just have to make it work for you and I mean you live in such a picturesque place yeah it wasn't like necessarily the area we originally thought so the dream was always like Keswick when we that was the ultimate was uh, let's move to Keswick where Lee got his job the commutable place what would have been Keswick as the dream but the reality brutally the reality is that the cost of it even though we were moving from the north Norfolk coast and we did all right with our with the sale of ours the reality is we couldn't get what we wanted so we sat and were like what is important to us right now and it's life and living and mm-hmm. and grabbing those moments so we decided we'd downsize in the cost and we came up and started to have a look around and people had recommended the area we've moved to and it's like literally there's a village a mile away or so called Embleton and that's in the National Park. So that's how close we are. But the difference in house prices is like 150 grand because of the tourism. It's, it's a different kind of community, I guess. Whereas yeah. here it's 
a local community and we have there was one of the cafe owners who recommended who we ironically got the house from um it's one of those very surreal moments that happens when lee's going in for his interview and i'm like right kids which cafe we're here for 24 hours where do we want to go so we picked the <laughs> went and walked by derwood picked the cafe and the woman who owns the cafe um had for the first time ever a bit of free time and just said, oh, are you up here for holiday? And I was like, no, just here. My husband's got an interview. She's like, oh, wow, where? And it was really lovely. The power of social media and keeping in touch as well. Let me know how you let me know how you get on. And I was like, yeah, no, I will. That evening, obviously, found out he'd got the job. And I think like a few days to a week later, I messaged and said, oh, I just thought I'd let you know, because I love her, loved her cafe. I thought I'd let you know he has got the job. And she was like, well, if you want any help or tips. And she said to think about here, because they're from here as well. And so, so just so it ended up happening, like we'd looked at loads of houses, but actually it's her parents-in-law's house that we've brought. So <laughs> that is how things work. Um, it amazes me how small the world is. But you're right about moving where you've probably moved to, because I mean, as much as like Kesik, when we met there, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous, but yeah. I stayed in a little place in the Lake District called Glen Ridding and it was, it was lovely, but it's one of those places you walk around and go, does anybody actually live here? Because... Yeah. They all look like, you know, they all have that sort of um, the name or the, the the email address outside the front door t- for bookings yes. and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's the same up in Scotland. You know, Lus is very popular. It is crazy busy, especially in summer. And I think I'd hate to live here. And there's a primary school, so somebody does live there because yeah, of, of yeah. people go there. But I just think tourism wise, there must be times where you're like, kind of glad I stay just yes just on that edge yeah, yeah. away from it yeah and peak times and and Keswick from when I first came up years not 30 years ago is so different to how it is now I mean like we are literally 15 minutes from Keswick and we go there all the time um and like I think Harriet does climb in there then there's there's clubs that they can go to that's there and there's a lot of a lot of link link in so I just uh, to me I see it on my doorstep mm-hmm. um which is which is great to be honest yeah. so I mean if you had yeah. to say you lived 15 you know people say they live in London but yet they live like three hours outside of London you know <laughs> so you think 15 minutes is nothing really it's nothing no um, so when you finish work and it's a nice day and you think actually I want to pop over to the lake then we'll pop down to the lake so yeah it's, it's that sort of it was close enough but it allowed us to free up the money to buy the van and to to give us the opportunities that we we have and and to be able to live a bit more outdoorsy as we wanted to at a more reasonable price. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, um, definitely, I wouldn't I wouldn't swap it for anything. We absolutely love living here, and I cannot tell you how friendly people have been. Like it feels like everybody is gone. Well, you know, just if you need any help with this, or if we can recommend this, and you know, when you sort of think I'm a southerner and I'm coming north oh god what are they gonna think I'm you know I had that I did have that because I I sound southern I know that my daughter really sounds southern so I was like (laughs) but there's been nothing but absolutely welcoming and lovely like it's yeah it's all of it's met you know when you just feel like it happened at the right time because we've tried quite for years to move to be fair um we have tried for years but it just leaving and teaching made it a lot easier and it was just waiting for the job to come up and I genuinely believe it's happened at the time it was meant to happen because um, it all just feels like it's slotted in. One of my questions, and it, and it was, I mean, you've, you've sort of answered it to a point, but it's probably as a parent, I mean, I'm a, I can be a bit of a worrier. You're moving your kids. Well, they're they're not just babies. They're they're getting a wee bit older. They're in school. Was that a bit of a concern? Because I think that's, you know, when they, you seem, they seem happy in their groups and their schooling. It's that rocking the boat. I mean, it's worth yeah. it. But from what yeah. you said, but, it, you know, how did you feel? Did that play yeah. a part in your head at all? No. So when you say, like, was there a fear of moving? There wasn't a fear, but there was a, how much is this going to impact the kids? Hattie is like 10, 11 in August now. Um, she, and we had moved them already. So poor Harriet has moved four times. I mean, I can't count the amount of houses she's actually probably moved to when we were renting, but she has moved schools four times and we were really conscious of that. So she moved, she started obviously our infant school and then we moved when we didn't think the opportunity was going to come up in the in Cumbria because Lee had gone for a job and hadn't got it. And we were like, right, where in Norfolk would we want to live if we can't get to where we want to be in Cumbria? So we went for beautiful part of Norfolk, Sheringham, which is my favourite part. Absolutely love, love it there. And so we moved from, it was only 25 minutes from where we were living, but 
complete change of school. And obviously they both moved. Josh was at the school I was in and moved him. So they'd had, they had that. And then six months later, this opportunity came up and we were like, I just went, go for it, see what happens. And of course he got it. And we'd only moved to Sheringham six days, seven months earlier. So with that, for both of us, the kids, Harriet for the really I really felt like Harriet finally found a lovely group of friends as well and not that she hadn't but she's always been a bit more on the side and the edge and not necessarily fully fitted in so I I was more really worried for her and when we moved her to Sheringham we moved her out of her old school straight away because she was getting really anxious about moving and having to make new friends so we instead of waiting till the next term we were like right can we move her now whereas Josh we just we've sort of moved I'd say I worried most about Hattie massively um, because of her age. And she's she's been incredible with it, to be fair. She has taken to it really well. Again, the kids like the school have welcomed her in. She's gone into year six. And I think that's probably helped. So we always said if we couldn't get up here by sort of year seven, we wouldn't move her um, mm-hmm. because high school's a minefield as it is without then putting a yeah. move in there. So we were our aim was to always try to be up here so that she had she started maybe by year seven at the very latest, but actually having a year where she's getting to meet a load of people before she starts high school and the high school's relatively big. So there'll be a load of feeder schools come in. Yeah. So she's been, she misses Norfolk. She definitely, um, she says she misses some of her friends in Norfolk, but we had a couple of popped up and our closest friends, um, we see them like regularly. We've got things throughout the year booked in. And I think that was their, their worry was not seeing them. And Josh, he's always said he wanted to live here. Although then I took him to Scotland and now he wants to live in Scotland. So um, <laughs> can't, can't, can't please <laughs> them all. <laughs> can't please them all. He was in a school when we moved up here because we couldn't get, that was the that was the frustrating thing. That, that was probably one of those moments where like, we couldn't get them in the same school. So they were in two separate primaries. And then Harriet School contacted us around November time and said, actually, we've now got space for Josh. Does he want to start? And I was like, I was always oh, settled. God, we can't move him again. He's now moved as many times as Harriet. Um, but I, I asked him, and he went, "Can I have a look round?" I was like, "Of course you can." I mean, he's a six-year-old. I like to give my children, you know, responsibility. So when it goes wrong, I can go, "You chose that." Um, but... <laughs> yes, that sounds like some uh, excellent parenting tips. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Took him round, and he he decided then and there he wanted to go to that school. So he's moved already, but we don't intend on moving them again. But I would say it strengthened them in their adaptability. So, yes, I wasn't nervous about it, but I genuinely feel they've adapted so amazingly. And that's a skill that I feel like, you know, you go on campsites and they can go and make friends with people and they just it's a skill to be able to move. So it wasn't easy. And at the initial four or five months at the beginning, they both would say they love to hear and they're really happy to be here. But oh, I miss my friends. I miss my friends. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really said that at all more recently it's, it's how fickle children are they move on oh, quite easily so. I mean, kids are super resilient as well but <laughs> they are I, I think for me I'm thinking could you've got like the move yourself mm. both of you at least starting somewhere new you're starting somewhere new getting everything and all that going on with the kids as well I mean it's just there's so yeah. much I mean it's great now you see it and you go because it's I mean it has been worked out for yeah. you know absolute base but there's, there's so many moving parts yeah and that was really hard like that I got a job doing what I wanted to do for so long which was working in high school doing um, pastoral work but it was at the same school as Lee's and kids were lovely they're absolutely great five days a week which is what I was doing but I underestimated the move I underestimated the impact on the kids and so I had to, I think I, I got into end of September and suddenly I was absolutely burning out and I was feeling really emotional. And I was like, I'm really happy. I love where I am. I've got this. What's wrong? Why am I still, why am I feeling all of these things as well as other things that have gone on personally in my life that had impacted as well. But in particular, I was thinking this is not okay. And Josh was not enjoying going to breakfast club every day and tea club every day. And I and I was putting all my time into these other students, which I love doing, but I wasn't there for my own and un- underestimating the fact that they both just wanted me there for a couple of pickups and, and stuff. So we made the call that once you've made the call to move, I was like, okay, I'm just going to have my notice in. I hadn't got a job and I was like, I'll work and I'll do whatever, but I need, 
uh, this isn't as much as I love doing that I've got years to come back to doing it if you know if I'm lucky enough I've got years to go back and do it right now I've got to be there for the family and Lee was working really hard and trying to get settled in the job and so I decided actually I would I'd uh, have my notice in for that and um, now work at my local and uh, local high school as a science technician which I do really I really genuinely do actually enjoy it but it's a job I can go to work mm-hmm. got lovely people I work with absolutely lovely I do three days a week but I'm there for the kids so my priority I've got a job I go and do my job and I come home and it's and it's it's done but I can be present and it also means I've got two days off to go and gallivant around where I love so, <laughs> so it is to about myself. That work-life balance isn't it it, <laughs> it completely I mean, is and it was about that like my own well-being and my mental health is definitely something that I've juggled a lot over the years and one bit about the driving force that I haven't mentioned is my mum was diagnosed with Alzheimer's Oh, is she now she's 63 and she was diagnosed at 57 never got to her retirement it unbelievably young and um uh, the last year the deterioration has been terrifying to be quite honest to see she doesn't know who who we are anymore certainly doesn't know who I am and um the odd you know and I've popped back to visit and I just was like I can wait for retirement or we can we can say we're going to do all these things but we don't know we're going to get there. And my mum's, I don't necessarily believe her Alzheimer's is hereditary, but to watch someone who, you know, was healthy, active. Yes, she suffered with her own mental health, um, but she was a very intelligent woman. Watch her become an absolute shadow of herself and not get to do, you know, live by the sea or do the things that she might have wanted to do and planned to do maybe when she'd retired. She didn't even get to retirement. Both of us just went, we've got to live for now because you just don't know and from working when we worked in the police we've had several friends who have have been around the same age as what my mum was who time just unfortunately they passed and we've just gone you can't guarantee it and I can you know we've got this far the way we try and look at it is the house is is there we've always got house worst case you've got some money in there and you sell that up but I'm you know I promise I've told the kids I've made them know that there will not be any spare money because we plan on (laughs) living and enjoying it right now and that was that was a big a big driving like when the opportunity came up and we'd only just moved to Sheringham I was like just go for it because this might be that opportunity and obviously it was but we didn't know that but I was like you could not go for it because we've just moved but actually no I'll regret it forever if you don't try and he'd regret it and they're, they're probably the main two I think that's a really important message as well though it's so much better to enjoy the time and make the memories now than leave inheritance for your kids and not do anything because you're my granddad was like that he saved like all his money and never actually enjoyed himself I just remember the things that he 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 wouldn't do for my grandma or with my grandma because he was just so he had to save every penny he had and yeah. it's it's sad because there were so many things she wanted to do and yeah. you just look back and you think you should have been out making memories you should have been out on the hills doing stuff and and it doesn't all have to cost a fortune like it, you know we often think things you need are, are expensive but actually the stuff I, we love doing once you've got your your kit as such you can just go out um you know you literally yeah. just go out and you you run you guys you know you guys run you go running and you just that doesn't cost anything and you know going for a walk well, well, yeah don't talk, don't talk to me emily about that <laughs> well yeah unless you plan on marathons and all the gear but you know what i mean like i listened to um a, the pod, that running podcast press Play run. yep and it was the cooper um the guy who's got the cooper oh. app and that was it was quite eye-opening to listen to to be fair mm-hmm. but it was just you don't have to have all of it you just go and you can get out and it the amount of good it can do you mm-hmm. which is like what you know what wild swimming and cold water dipping is for for many of us and you don't have to do these things to cost a lot and my kids don't come on every walk with me they don't come up at come in the water with me all the time and stuff but they do know if I say you're coming for a walk they're coming and my mm-hmm. daughter will twine pretty much every time we go out but within 10 15 minutes she goes oh, I'm so glad I've come out and I do go, could you not remember that when you're about to get really busy at me? So <laughs> could we try and remember that? Um, but she, but you know what? It, you watch them. You watch just being outside, which costs nothing, make them so happy. And it can be running, you know, they'll be rolling down a hill, literally rolling down a hill, or they'll be paddling in the water. None of that costs anything. And when I listened to that podcast, I was like, it is about just actually 
getting getting out in where you've got you don't have to have all the gear which you know i'm a nightmare for sometimes going i want this paddleboard oh i need another pair of walking boots oh i need another <laughs> I coat. That's familiar. Yeah, <laughs> that is but if i couldn't afford to do it i'd still go out and do it so you know i still wouldn't oh, buy yeah. the stuff but i just go out and do it and that's the thing isn't it i suppose i have so many memories of like being out in, so I grew up in Gerloch on the West Coast and it was so safe I could be out pretty much all the time. And I just remember coming back once my mum was like, will you please stop going in the sea and getting wet every time you go to the beach? So the next time I went in the river instead. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't go in the sea and got wet. I went in the river. <laughs> but see, as a side note, you are raising money aren't you you're doing a trick is that yep um so yeah i've decided um i think just for me to feel like i was doing something and i decided um so some friends from norfolk um what friends i acquaintances just put on her instagram page said i want to do a trek i was going to do the trek 26 with alzheimer's and she'd either decided i don't know whether where the other location was but the lakes or somewhere else and i said well i'm up here it's close to my heart and i actually have love a reason to do it so if you guys want to come here so they've go for it and so um there's a there's a group who are coming up four or five of them who are coming up and are just trying to raise a bit of money raise awareness around it because it's still although everyone knows about it, most people know someone who's affected by it it's still once you get diagnosed you're just on your own um really and so it's it you just you've got alzheimer's and then you just watch somebody go so it's just trying to raise that awareness around it and and sort of give me something to focus on um, and feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> is the link for the fundraising on your page, Emily? It is, yes. So pop over and have a look at... Thank yes, you. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> pop over and have a look. Yeah, we'll put it in the show description as well. But yeah, I think that's a great idea. And like you say, it, it, it keeps you feeling useful. And I think that's why a lot of people do sports and hobbies and things. You know, you probably were speaking to you We've got other guests lined up and that's sort of the theme that's kind of running through that we all sort of do this a bit for our own mental health to yeah. make our lives just that bit better. You know, we obviously get just a buzz out of it and you do mm-hmm. feel better for, for it, but we're all battling something. I think getting outside or doing something that you like and feel like you're useful just helps so much. I really want you to launch into van life because... I don't have a van and (laughs) yet (laughs) the whole van life was kind of how we ended up chatting wasn't it Emily I think I'd I must have followed you for a little while because I do remember the bits about you moving to the lakes and then the next thing I see you drive into Scotland and you're like right anyone got any suggestions where to go and I was like here's a list (laughs) it was just like everywhere that I'd ever been and loved in Scotland and I was like just go see it all (laughs) everything I think I even said to you can you please plan all my holidays because I'm useless I just go and I just (laughs) I wing it and and then like I was like I was telling Lee I was like oh my gosh she's recommended it here she's here here she's even given me like a map and a guidance of where to go (laughs) I was like oh this is amazing because we'd literally decided three nights before we were going to go up to Scotland because we've got the van anyway the our previous van which was only a little t5 and we hadn't really done anything in it in the summer and and I think it was like, oh, the weather's looking all right. Let's just let's go. Book the ferry literally for from Sky to Harrison Lewis the night that we travelled that morning. <laughs> and that, that's how winging it I, I was. I was like, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. And then I think I just put either you'd seen I'd gone there or I put question I'd asked. And then I was like, yes, now literally <laughs> you planned my, uh, that made life so easy. I'm not going to lie, it really did. <laughs> it was like every time I seen that Emily had gone somewhere, I was like, right, if you're just there, you need to just go and see this place. <laughs> yeah. was like, I was literally stalking every entire holiday and just going, you need to do this, you need to go here. And oh my God, if you go to this beach, it's amazing. <laughs> you, you so could do that as well, because you literally had good plans of where to go with it but it is a bit of a joke with my friends they call me like the scottish tourist board (laughs) well i've done nothing for this weekend i might be driving but i've done nothing so this coming weekend with me and hannah i was like we're gonna go you sort where i'm just like yeah that sounds good (laughs) i thought we could do the whole role reversal i'm gonna wing it (laughs) no (laughs) i mean i live in scotland and i would still expect hannah to tell me what to do <laughs> well on that note on on the kind of trip that i did i was like emily have you been to the devil's bridge uh, devil's pole pitch like no i was like it's 40 minutes from your house how have you not been and i think where i took you somewhere else you you as well. <laughs> life is busy <laughs> you just see i am that like 
friend that has no children. So I always feel like I'm the bad influence on all my other friends. And I say, should we do something? And everyone's always like, yes, <laughs> I am. I am that bad influence. Yeah, I don't think I need too much persuading, but... Emily, you don't even let me finish the sentence before you're saying yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Impulsive and life is for living as well. But I'm never going back yeah. to the devil's pulpit because that is just... The swimming part was fine. It was more the scrabble to get down it. Uh, I don't like things like that. <laughs> you did very well to say we climbed out of there in our costume. <laughs> and my robe was so dirty by the end of it because I was just, I think I was like holding on to this rope, trying to grab myself up. And I was, oh, what a state. <laughs> it's always an adventure with me. So whose van are you taking for this trip? My new van. Yeah, oh. my new van so <laughs> I feel like this van must be a TARDIS because so I don't understand van life because I've never apart from seeing inside Hannah's I'm always a bit like how how do you live and when I saw your pictures Emily and I'm like how do you live when there's there's four of you and a dog and there's and you all seem to still be talking by the end of it <laughs> we're bad enough in a hotel room in Turkey <laughs> tell me all your secrets Emily keeps Emily keeps telling me I need to do a video and kind of mm-hmm. like explain where everything is where all four dogs go in the van like and and just kind of like explain how it works but dogs are a little bit easier to control than children <laughs> Yeah. sometimes I, I i concur with that I mean, um, no i think with our van so we had the t5 which uh, v, uh, vw t5 which is the very first one we got and that was on the back of you know van life and everyone i was like i want a van i've been wanting one for ages finally got one but we did scotland for eight nights and it was i'll be pretty honest the best one of the best trips we've ever had we all just I think because you know it's going to be hard going that you actually just relax I don't know it was parking up and letting them run up run to the beach and you sat up at the van and they're just playing around on the beach and Dobby was able to just go where he wanted to go it was just so free a van makes me feel so free but what we did realize is that for what we want which is eventually to do a bit of Europe next year and and sort of weekend van trips, just literally get in. I, it, the thing that drove me nuts most was making beds every morning and every morning and every night, literally making beds. So it wasn't about fitting us all in because I'd just shove the kids on the front seats and go, right, now I need to do it. If it was rain, get on the front seats, we do this. So you have, you have ways of getting around it. It was making the beds that broke me. And I was just like, I can't keep making a bed. I don't want to make a bed. <laughs> so um, I'd been looking at follow so many van accounts um and like several had got some had got long wheelbase others had got mid wheelbase but they'd all gone for high to high roof so like a crafter or a sprinter and i'd started to started to like weigh up our options and i'm not in a but i decided that it would go on a better van um so <laughs> <laughs> I know it had to be fair. We have we have put a little bit to the house. Um but, but yeah, so put it to the van. But everybody can enjoy exactly. it in the van. Putting it in the house, you just don't know. Exactly. It. We've mm-hmm. we've we've converted the garage so that Josh has a bigger room. Um but other than that, it's gone into the van because I want to live. I just want to be able to live and enjoy now. And we've got a local company who have been converting it for us, the most wonderful couple who've been converting it for us. And literally she went, I went, we went to them at their, at their house and she was like, what's important to you? And I went, well, a bed that I don't have to make for sure. Um, a toilet, ideally. Um, I would have preferred a private toilet, at, which um, it isn't going to be quite so private because of the, I chose to go for a mid wheel base instead of a long wheel base. And my kids being in separate beds because Josh and Harriet are nearly four years apart and Harriet is like the most fidgety child you could possibly share a bed with in fact on the last trip Josh got kicked out of bed and ended up going she's just kicked me out and got it like at like five in the morning <laughs> and so yeah for longevity <laughs> yes. as well you know for them getting exactly as well eventually get to the point where it's like we yeah, what you should have and uh, <laughs> and Harriet might might have already made that decision and just does it by kicking him out. So <laughs> Harriet's got like a rot. So that was that was something. But what we also wanted was to have like a big garage space because we've got our paddle boards and when we want to go away for a length of time, being able to fit everything everything sort of in and go solar panels. So literally, I said these are what we really want. What can you do? And what they've done is incredible. So we've got a very high bed for us. So we've got a nice, lovely double bed that's always made, which with the garage space underneath it, which is incredible. And what you, we could have done, but with a lost garage space was put the kids' beds above us with like maybe something down the middle to stop them hitting into each other. But what instead they sort of suggested was to have the roller 
so the the seat that they sit on turns into a bed so yes i have to make that but it's really easy you just literally pull down the bed cover and harry it will lay on it and that's fine and then josh what they haven't done yet um, but we'll be doing in june is he's going to have a bed that's attached to the roof that comes down so when he's not on it it goes up and then when he's on it it comes down and it's going to be able to hold a six foot man because that's what we're anticipating josh will eventually be when he's like a teenager you know one of those early teenagers <laughs> so um we were like it needs to be able to hold a big lad so because <laughs> we do intend on keeping this back this van is like next 20 years of holiday and is the way we sort of see it and yeah. and you know potentially we'd go lot traveling once the kids have left we'd like to go traveling in it for a sustained period of time but the that was like the key and so we went away to Anglesey at the weekend and it isn't finished by any means there's still bits but I desperately wanted it for the three weekends over this month so they got it to where it needed to be to be usable and then it'll be going back in and um, to finish those last bits off and oh, I just love it I love being in a van I just love feet I love literally opening the doors wherever you are you can make your food there the kids run out the dog usually runs out and like Lee was sat working with a view across like a beach because he had some work to do oh I saw that picture you just feel free you do you just it's a really weird although you're still doing loads of jobs and you know you've got chores and things to do it doesn't feel like a chore I don't know why but this van has made it a lot although yes you're still quite tight you know if we'd have gone for a long wheelbase which I know Emma and Paul who did our van were like god could she have not just got a long wheelbase we could have fitted everything in then um, <laughs> but I didn't want to drive a long wheelbase down the little Scottish roads that I experienced on the Isle of Harris and Lewis and I was like yeah I ain't getting a long wheelbase down there which I think I could have done um, I, as I've seen other people have done it I just personally didn't want to have to drive a really big long van okay. so no it's it does make you have to think more about parking and everything else I've we've been looking at bigger vans as well um, and Steve's really excited that I'm spending the weekend in your van because he thinks I'm going to come home and immediately sell ours and buy another one. I, can't, I cannot promise <laughs> you won't because I've already got Lou and Zoe thinking of doing the same. So <laughs> just after seeing it at the weekend. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's just good. It's for the evenings and like going down, you know, you go somewhere for an evening, you can just make your tea and park up and eat. That's what I love about it, to be fair. Van life, as they say. <laughs> Van life, it really is. I mean, there's there's places in Scotland I'd love to go, but it is, it's, it's sometimes it's the journey, you know, how long it can take to drive somewhere and I think having the van there, there's that element of like you could drive so far and be like right, yes. I'm done for the day let's find or in somewhere. your case I'm hungry I'm gonna <laughs> oh, stop I'm and make tea <laughs> well, at least my food would be coming with me exactly <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah. already established that Emily gets really hungry if not fed so <laughs> so yeah, I need a, like a nose bag anytime we go somewhere. <laughs> I keep constantly consuming foods, but just do what Steve does between our passenger seat and driver seat. He's always got to have a snack bag. He can't drive for like more than an hour without having a snack bag between the seats, and it's just constant. I'm terrible. Like, and I think, I mean, I, I've always, I'm always a food fan, but ever since having kids, I've always got like, <laughs> like a biscuit in my pocket because there's always that <laughs> moment of like, I'm hungry, and you go here. Here is this half squashed Nutrigame bar, <laughs> happy or whatever. It, but now it's just like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to the shops. Oh, it is nearly dinner time. I'll have a snack. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm now like the kids, you know, when they empty their pockets after school, and it's all like, oh, yes. you know, crisp packet or whatever. It's like me going, when did I have that? <laughs> I might buy more of them. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah. We've did camping a few times. That was the whole. We only really started going camping in COVID times because everything was shut, and and it was great. But that at risk mm. of the elements when you're camping, you really are. And there were some times that you're like, "This is grim," because you're having to be outside pitching your tent and it's raining. Whereas you think, just sit yeah. in the van. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was a massive thing because we holidayed in the lake and pitching tents in the lakes. Oh my god! What happens when you're pitching a tent stays with when you're pitching a tent because you're gonna fall out. There's no, there's no two ways about it, and it's not pleasant. You're gonna get soaked because guaranteed it will literally bucket it down just as you pitch up, taking the tent down just, just for that, that bit, yeah. and then everything gets soaked. Everything. <laughs> so um, I like camping, 
I love being in a van because I don't have to deal with that anymore. I drive up and I go, here I am. I, I might be on a slant. Oh, I might just put that under the tyre. That'll do. <laughs> that's the most I have to think yeah. about pitching. I think if, if everything's packed, well, I mean, I think that's what always blows my mind. I say to Hannah, I go, where did you put your cups and stuff? Like, I'm just imagining like everything has its place, like Tetris type thing. And if something goes out of place, it's like, this should fit in yeah. here. <laughs> I think that's what oh, we're yeah, every, bonkers. Every two or three days, we've got to like reorganize the van because you always end up using certain things that you didn't think you were going to use. And there's like stuff out of place. And you kind of, every time we go in, it's like we've got to, you, you do van yeah. admin. It's a real thing. Like every couple of days, you've got to do a van admin day. I feel like I nest in it as well. You know that term nesting when you're, you're, you're pregnant? I nest when I get a van. I'm like, oh, I'm going to nest and make this van all nice and cozy and have things in set places and organized. And you come in my house and it's chaos. Go in the van. I'm like everything has a place. <laughs> but you're better in smaller Definitely. spaces. I think. I mean, I think back to when we had a flat. Everything was in its place because you only had so much space. But is this house when we got it? You know, you you ended up with like spare bedrooms, and now these bedrooms are full of stuff. Yes. <laughs> Somebody could ransack this house, and I probably wouldn't notice that something was going for years because you just <laughs> when there's space, yeah. you fill it. Probably having something smaller would be great i mean you have convinced me i need to get a van <laughs> and it's great for uh just getting changed after it a while totally bit. is yeah yes. you just have to remember to close the curtains <laughs> so what's your plans for vanning this year i know you're coming to scotland this weekend but what's what else on scotland, the uh, this weekend and then the following weekend i want tickets to the van fan tribe meet up and then we're not we haven't actually got an awful lot planned this this year because it was if anyone noticed on my page it was someone's 40th so the entire year has had an excuse of it's it's um these 40th so we're <laughs> off to Greece at the end of the month with our really really good friends which I cannot wait for it see as much as I like I do love the rough and ready I'm not gonna I'm secretly really looking forward to an all-inclusive for a week in the sun <laughs> it's like completely <laughs> yes. not me but I am so looking forward to it and actually just chilling to completely chill out and then in the summer holidays we booked one of those once in a lifetime trips so we're going to go to Canada and we're doing a family tour with a company where we're going to go to like Vancouver Island and then Banff and Jasper and like camping and stuff and then finishing with four nights Four nights in new york so at the moment we haven't oh, got any wow. major van stuff but next summer um because we're going to spend the next five years saving um to pay back to pay back this year we're gonna do uh, we've decided we're gonna like go maybe like montenegro croatia and stuff in the van we were so go over to europe is the, is the intention but there'll be loads of like weekends the thing is now we've got it it's like if it's a nice weekend we'll go down to langdale or pop up to scotland or yeah i think having Yorkshire that flexibility <laughs> having, having the flexibility must be great see that just like you see you know the uk can Beautiful. be here or there with the weather so you know you think if you do know you don't need to worry about booking accommodation and or everybody's price has been inflated because oh it's a good Let's weekend go. start yeah. charging more you're yeah. like I'm <laughs> oh, jealous but I'm so glad you like an all-inclusive holiday because sometimes I feel like oh I'm I say I'm Emily in the outdoors but my god do I love an abroad holiday where somebody else is making my dinner and cleaning my dishes uh, I'll be honest I haven't <laughs> doesn't Gordon cook anyway I haven't been on one for ages yeah, though but I clean <laughs> no I haven't been on one for like years and years and years um but because we because we ski as well. So when we go skiing, we always make sure we've got a hotel that is, you know, breakfast and dinner and always looking after us. But it was our friend said, you know, do you fancy coming? And I was like, oh, at least 40th. And to be honest, I've got the feeling it might end up becoming like an annual or at least two yearly thing because I am actually really looking forward to it. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. is that whole looking <laughs> after it. Yeah. Deserve it. Have somebody oh, look yeah. after you. I think we've reached the end of our questions, Hannah. Do you have anything else you want to ask? I don't think so. I think we've uh, we've covered everything that we kind of planned, and I'm sure we'll definitely have you back on in the future. Yes. So the quick fire round is going to be what we ask our guests. You'll start to get to know the format of the questions, but it doesn't need to be quick fire, as in you need to give us an answer very quickly, and it's you don't need to put any context behind it. It's more just the same set of questions we can ask every guest, and and. See what their what their answers how how it differs. So first one, and it's always going to be a tough one. What is your top adventure been? I'll be honest. I'll say um, Scotland at the end, end of August last year in the van. It was our first. It was our first yes. van trip. Um, <laughs> on Harris and Lewis, 
blew our minds because we were so fortunate with the weather. The midges, on the other hand, not so much. I mean, it was a military operation getting out of the van, but yeah, that was <laughs> absolutely loved that trip. It was amazing. <laughs> when adventuring, do you prefer to go with friends or go solo? Oh, a bit of both. Be brutally honest. Come on. I'm going to say we won't be offended. Say, no, but I, I like both. <laughs> I, I like a bit of solo, but I also have really enjoyed with friends as well and family. So, yeah, I can't I can't pick. That's, I'll be really honest. I like, I'm, I'm not one or the other. I like both. <laughs> I, th- I think it's always just different points of your yes. of your day, your yeah. week. There's just times when I'm like, there's even times I'll walk down to the Tesco and I just want to listen yeah. to a podcast and my youngest will be like, I'll come. I mean, really, she thinks she's getting a sweet <laughs> out of it. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Because I just go, I just want to be by myself. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't love you and I don't care, but please just let me be. <laughs> so the next question is Instagram profile that you admire. Apart from ours, obviously. Apart from you can it, scroll yeah. through your phone if it's there in case you oh, can't yeah, remember. That's a really good one. Let me have a quick look. There's loads to choose from, but... Uh, and th- th- there is nothing in this as to I don't gain anything from it. I know I've been an ambassador for them, but I'll be honest, it would be the Dippendales, like Lou and Zoe, because they've done a lot for me in without even realising it for, for like support and arranging things and just watching them grow their company into encouraging everyone to get out together and meet up and just so friendly. And I really like how positive they are on there. Um, so although it's the Dippendales Co, it's Lou and so um, Lou and Zoe, I would say, and that there is genuinely nothing else, but it's the one I wouldn't want to skip past, along with obviously yours and Hannah's yeah. and, <laughs> and many others. <laughs> I do, I do agree. Uh, the dip and deals, uh, you know, I have quite a few of the questions. So, <laughs> and you know what? Yes, obviously the stuff they sell, but it's also just the positivity on the account, and that I think it's, I think oh, it's, yeah. I like positive, yeah. positive accounts. I know because I think there's a lot of people that get into like wild swimming, like I did when covid hit and things because what else yeah. do you do apart from just throw yourself into a, a lock seeing it still grow yeah. is amazing and like the different deals like really show that still try to encourage people to get out and and try it and and i think there's that encouraging other women you know no matter yeah. your shape or size just get out there in your swimming costume you know wear a fabulous don't always have to wear a black no. swimming costume you know that we were taught for years it's like wear your watermelon or avocado costume yeah. with prides and things so no I totally agree what is on the wish list for your next adventure or a future adventure oh my days we did give you, you these questions you did in you really did <laughs> um oh so um <laughs> I think a Europe van trip that would be that's that's probably top of the list because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do one for a while and then someone had to turn 40 this year and like make us feel like we have to do something more special so um <laughs> so let's get them to save for yeah. yours <laughs> so yeah yeah I've got two more years and I was like we're never doing anything like that for mine are we so <laughs> good job we got the van but I really I really want to go to like Montenegro and Croatia and that sort of area in the van if I can I've got my research and I'll probably Hannah, I need someone to research. Um, I'll do it. I'm on it. <laughs> I was like, give her, give her a rough, like you know, a bit yeah. of scrap paper with an idea. These, these countries, and then just yeah. flip it. Can it happen? There's a bit Easy. of a problem that I might want to come with you. Do a van tour. Everyone can join. It. Follow along. The last question is. It's a good one. I quite like this question because I think the answer will be different obviously for everybody but what would you tell your teenage self i really should have looked at what you sent me <laughs> i tell myself i, I think I, i'll be honest to tell myself that it's going to be okay because I, I, I teenage years were the latter part of my teenage years were more tough i would say and i didn't have much belief in myself for many reasons and i've always been a people pleaser and done things for that that I, I thought I should do instead of what I necessarily wanted to do. And I would say, believe in your dreams and it will happen. Like keep, keep being positive. My nan, I do, it's one of my very few memories of my nan who died when I was like seven, eight. And she always said to me, if you keep smiling that smile, Emily, life will always work out. And it was just, she always said it and it stuck with me. Like, cause I've, I'd like, I try to, you know, yes, I know life can be tough, but I always try to smile because if you smile, even if you're feeling pants, it does make you feel better. Somehow you might just laugh at yourself because you're smiling because you feel pants. So, you know, it's, um, <laughs> I would tell myself that it's going to be okay. Cause I was really hard on myself thinking I was not good enough for anyone. I like, yeah. I like that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. But I do laugh when you're saying about <laughs> if you smile, it's fine. I do that with running. I go, just see if I just smile 
surely some part of me will think everything's going fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if I'm smiling on the outside, eventually the inside will catch up. (laughs) Pretend you're enjoying yourself and you will. But thank you so much. That was the end of our question. Thank you so much for having me. I, I feel like I've gone on and on and on. But anyhow. Thank you. Thank you for being our guinea pig. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> so I think um, we've all been inspired by your story on uh, moving to the lakes. And I think it's great that you didn't actually have any fear because I would love to move to Scotland, but there's so much fear about what, what would happen when you get there. So I think it's great to hear a really positive story. And I'm really grateful. And I'm sure Emily is as well that you've come on and shared your story with us. It's been amazing. And we'd like to thank you very much for, for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you've been an absolute awesome guest. And we'll put all notes in the show about how you can follow Emily. And you can also uh, see her adventure trek when it when it happens as well. This is us closing our very first show. I can't quite believe it. Just need to edit it together now. But just to say a big, huge thank you to Ryan and Steve. And they're of the Press Play and Run podcast and the Point 99 podcast who have been absolute saviours and all the training I've been given um, and all the <laughs> advice I've given myself and Hannah it's been amazing from what started off as a bit of a random idea has has really turned into something really special and huge thank you to them we couldn't be more grateful yes exactly and it's it's really gave us a lot everything they've said has gave us a lot of food for thought so more watch the space for more coming and yeah watch the socials for who our next guest will be we really hope you've enjoyed listening to our podcast and if you want to follow us on instagram adventure blether you will then obviously be notified every second week we're going to aim to release a new episode with a special guest perfect <laughs> nailed it <laughs> <laughs> 